Hello, you guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Expand and Evolve podcast. If this is your first time joining, I'm your host, Carly Pynchon. I'm so glad that you're here. I am just feeling like I haven't really recorded recently. Like I've been putting out episodes that I had recorded previously. Um, it's been a lot more difficult to record. So those of you who don't know, I'm a mom of two. I'm currently homeschooling. Today's a snow day. They're not in school. Like it's on me. And like when I had them in school three days a week, it was easy because I had, you know, three days a week where I had free time where I could be here, know that it's quiet and be able to record. And right now, um, Daxon is too old to be in the, in the program that he was in. And so I didn't feel ready to put him in school. And so anyways, I have him home with me. Both boys are home today, but Maddox is still going. Anyways, that's just like a little life update. So recording is not as easy when you have kids at home because they make noise and they come through the door and they do all the things. So if they end up running through here, I apologize in advance, but we're going to try to get through this without that happening. Um, And I just felt like this morning I was thinking about it and I'm like, what do I feel like I really want to talk about right now? And the thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about was honestly like some things that really helped me in overcoming binge eating and my body dysmorphia. And if you are someone who struggles with these things, even if it's not on the scale of it being like a clinical diagnosis of binge eating or um, having body dysmorphia, like those are really extreme labels. And I'm not a huge fan of labels to begin with. Like I would never say, it's just like anything that you say I am with, I'm like, be careful because it's giving an identity to that thing and making you something outside of you. So things like, I always, I don't know, I'm going, I'm already going off track. I'm like, this is just how the podcast always goes. I say whatever I'm thinking and what comes up. But if you were to be like, I am a wife, I am a mother, I am a business owner, I am all these things, right? They're often like titles or hats that we wear versus like, who are we really, right? Those things are not really who you are. They might be things that you do or things that are part of your life, but it's not necessarily who you are. And so even with something like binge eating or body dysmorphia, I've never liked to label the fact that I had those things, but I feel like we have to use titles sometimes to help other people understand what we're talking about. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. I don't know why it's just been on my heart lately, especially like no matter what, every single time I go on a vacation and bathing suits are involved, it reminds me of my journey with body dysmorphia, self-love, body acceptance, body confidence, um, watching other people too, and being able to see how many people are uncomfortable and don't feel confident and are insecure and are worried about what their bodies look like and are obsessed with what their bodies look like or just all the things. Like it's just very uh, confronting. I don't even know if confronting would be the right word. It's just very much in your face to give you a pretty good reminder. And for me, at least it reminds me every single time I'm on a vacation with a bunch of women in bathing suits, different phases of my life and different places that I was and what I've struggled with in the past and and to now and constantly reminding myself of this is a journey. It's it's not, there isn't really an end destination. Like you're going to have moments where maybe, I don't even want to call it a, a relapse. I don't know what the right word would be when it comes to binge eating disorder. Um, my nose is running. So that's cool. If that's in video anyway, especially when I do the close up clips and it's like, oh, it's not running down my nose. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, when it comes to stuff like binge eating disorder, like it's not always just like, oh, yep, I'm healed from it and it's done. Anything, like anything in your healing journey, it's not always one and done. Like, oh, you mastered it and you're good forever. Like it can come up again. And so what I wanted to kind of talk about today was things that really helped me overcome those things, things that I actually did back then 
And I was just reflecting on like, who was I then? And what could have been helpful for me then versus who I am now? And the first thing I want to say is I was just reflecting. I'm like, I haven't had a binge eating episode since honestly over seven years, which is huge. Like the one that I really, really remember being like the moment I was sitting on the floor. I had just, I think, eaten or taken bites out of about 26 different protein bar flavors. So this is just, this is how bad it would get. Okay. So for example, like, I I don't know if you guys knew this, but I competed and before I competed is actually when my binge eating hit its highest high. Once I competed, it actually helped me gain control back and realize like I am in control. Food does not control me. Food does not control my life. I'm the one creating everything and controlling everything. And so it gave me my power back. That is not always the case for a lot of people. For a lot of people, it's the complete opposite. They end up doing a competition. They get really lean. They restrict food for the first time. And now they're in a binge restrict cycle like they've never experienced in their life. They're gaining a much weight. Their hormones are crazy. That's how it is for some people. For me, that's not what it looked like in my situation. But the episode I remember, I was on the floor. We had just bought all of these protein bars from like a health food store, but they were all different flavors. And I couldn't just pick one. It was like, have a protein bar. And I was like, but what flavor? Like there's too many flavors. I can't decide what one. And I literally, you guys, went into a complete blackout state. I remember it sitting on the kitchen floor. I was living in my basement suite at the time. They were in this one cupboard and I was sitting on the ground like a ravenous psychopath that was starved because I probably was starving because I wasn't eating and I was over-exercising. But anyway, and I literally took bites or ate half of like 27 different protein bars. And it was so impulsive, you guys. I could not stop. Like once I started, it was like, but I have to taste this one. I have to taste this one. I have to taste this one. Like the behaviors that come in a disorder like that, super like any addiction, they're they're compulsive. They're out of your control. You react so quick and you do something so fast. You don't have your logical mind telling you like, that's a little irrational. You just act in these ways. And like, there's so many other stories I could tell you, but that's the one I really, really remember being the last one that made me go, whoa, like this is intense. This is crazy. This is getting out of hand. And like, what is really going on here? Because there's deeper things that are leading to all of this happening, right? And so anyways, I feel like that was my biggest episode that I I remember happening before I start, I would say like started on my healing journey with nutrition and food. Um, and so I just wanted to share some things about that. And honestly, some self-reflection on what led to that even happening in the first place, because this can go as far back as like from the moment you were born and your connection with food based on like getting nurtured and nourished from your mother. Like it could be the only time you ever felt nurtured or nourished or connected was being breastfed by your mom. Like binge eating or your eating habits or your um, disordered eating can go all the way back to literally the first few times you were fed. Um, And it's interesting because I'm getting to watch Maddox grow up and he for sure has different um, eating habits. Like I, I feel what I'm witnessing from him is there's a little bit more of an emotional eating attachment with him than with Daxon. Like Daxon, I don't notice honestly anything. Like he's very aware. He's like, yeah, I'm full. Yeah, I'm good. Maddox can say he's full, but there's there's just different things that I notice. And anyways, the point I want to make is for him, like just as a reference, he was in the NICU. So the only time he was getting people 
and attention, especially in those first little bit. And especially when I was not there because I was with Dax at home, breastfeeding him and freaking co-sleeping and then trying to manage in the hospital was he would have human interaction when he was being fed. And so there's no way that that's not going to have some sort of link in his life that like food was related to connection and love and nurturing. That's that's already in his psyche or subconscious or whatever you want to call it. So how this plays out over his life, I don't know for sure, right? But I'm I'm conscious enough to be witnessing it. And if I notice that we need to talk about it as he gets obviously age appropriate, we can start making those connections for him. Right now, it's just it's just an interesting thing that I'm observing, okay? But for myself, what I noticed was for if you have binge eating episodes, you don't need to be as extreme as what I was, but it could be that you just like emotionally eat. So in general, you have emotional eating episodes where you all of a sudden you're in the pantry and you're eating a whole bag of chips and you're like, whoa, how'd that just happen? Or you get home and you're super stressed out and all of a sudden you just snacked on a bunch of different things and you're super full. Or like when a meal comes, you're not even consciously eating. You're just like shoving it down and shoving it in and eating as fast as you can. I also was a very fast eater. I still am. I have to be very mindful not to just shove. Um, And what I've been able to notice for myself is that a lot of the time that I'm shoveling food, I'm shoveling emotion. So it's not usually for me, like I feel sad or anything like that. It's usually overwhelm. It's usually stress. It's usually, I feel like things in my life are out of control. Like there's too much going on and I'm too overwhelmed and I'm getting stressed out. And now all of a sudden I'm shoving food down when I'm really conscious and present and not overwhelmed. I never have those types of behaviors show up around food, but when I'm stressed out, overwhelmed, life is feeling chaotic. That is typically when I will go into like a mini binge eating episode. I don't really call it binge eating anymore. I just have noticed it a couple times. Like over Christmas, for example, there was a bunch of chocolate here and I, I knew I was doing it as I did it, but I had like eight chocolates in a row. I knew as I was eating them, like the taste of it, I wanted to keep the taste in my mouth, but I was eating so fast. I was swallowing them. And I knew after the third one, I was like, I'm going to feel sick in 10 minutes, but I kept doing it. It was like this, it was not even self-sabotage. Like I, I, I consciously knew what I was doing to myself. And in that season, I was feeling a lot of emotions. Like I was feeling overwhelmed in my emotions. And so I was shoveling chocolate down as like, almost like a coping mechanism to just like feel something different or give myself some sort of other pleasure that wasn't, didn't make me have to actually feel and think about what I was really feeling. Does that make sense? And so for you, food could be the thing that when you feel sad, when you feel fear, when you feel the only way you feel connection, like it's different for everybody, but just starting to pay attention to when you are mindlessly eating, what emotions are really present? Like, what are you trying to run away from or what are you trying to distract yourself from? And this comes down to distracting yourself. Honestly, you guys, it doesn't really matter what the thing is. Like you could have used, you know, a hard drug before and now you use shopping or you use porn or you use food or you use over-exercising or you use overeating or you use not eating. Like there's so many different ways that you can use things in your life to distract. And honestly, I don't even at this point, I'm like, which one is better than the other? Like they're all forms of self-distraction, sometimes self-sabotage, sometimes like I don't even know what the right word would be, like causing pain to yourself. Like there's so many different reasons people use these different things, but everyone's different. I feel like everyone has their thing. So none of us are better than or 
any of that. Like, even if you have a partner right now who's struggling with, this always happens where I just start talking. I'm like, I don't know who I'm talking to. But if you have a partner right now who's seriously struggling with drugs or porn or alcohol or substance abuse or, I don't know, cheating, like, I I don't know, right? Like, everyone has different things that they do. And obviously, there's such a huge scale of the impacts of that on a family unit and on a relationship and all the things. But it could be that you self-harm through food. Like this is real life. Like the same way that we think of, you know, somebody that's like self-harming through something more uh, like cutting or something like that, that, that looks way more intense. That looks like it needs more support and help, but you can be self-harming through food. You can literally be choosing to kill yourself and harm yourself every single day because you hate yourself so much that you're choosing to self-harm through food, through alcohol, through substance abuse, through distraction, whatever it is. But ultimately what I've found for a lot of people is there's something you're not wanting to feel. There's something you don't feel ready to feel. There's something you don't know how to feel. And so you're running away from these emotions that like, really, if you would just sit through the pain, like that healing, that freeness, that peace is on the other side of just having the courage to feel the pain and to feel the thing. And so the first step when it comes to binge eating, body dysmorphia, all the things is with binge eating disorder, if this is you and you're listening to this because you struggle with that, is start just paying attention to what emotions are present when you end up in a mindless eating cycle. Like if you have to go, oh shit, this is happening. You need something that's going to bring you out of it for a second to bring some level of awareness to go, whoa, like where is this coming from? What am I not wanting to feel right now? It can feel really uncomfortable. It's just the practice of disrupting a pattern. And when you are able to do this enough and you get good at this, you're able to fully disrupt the pattern almost for good. So for me, this this almost never happens. This was the first time I noticed it in honestly a really long time with the chocolates where I was consciously choosing to self-harm really through food, knowing I was going to feel sick, knowing I wasn't going to feel good. And I did not want to feel the emotions. I was feeling super overwhelmed. Things were feeling chaotic. And so I, I did it with food. And I knew as I was doing it, what I was doing. But that's the difference is now I have a conscious awareness of it and can like go and self-reflect and be like, whoa, okay, what is, where is this coming from? What is this showing up from? And then choose to um, do something different. So anyways, okay. So I said that I'm usually overwhelmed and stressed. Um, Something else that really helped me, you guys, when I acknowledged that I had binge eating disorder and I was like, holy shit, this needs to end, is I had to drop all diets. So I couldn't restrict anymore. Dropping restriction was my first step in healing my binge eating disorder. I couldn't stay in a restrictive cycle and and somehow heal this. Like I had to give myself full food freedom, no foods off limits. I could eat whatever, whenever, realize food was always going to be there. It wasn't like this limited quantity of stuff. Like if I need the chocolate bar, it's always there. If I need the bread, it's always there. If I whatever your food is, right? That thing that you've always put off limits that like is the thing that you binge on, pizza, chicken nuggets, whatever. It's always there. Like the option is always there. And so I had to really rewire my brain to none of it is off limits. No food is good or bad. There's foods that make me feel more nourished and there's foods that make me feel not so good. Not because of what it makes me look like, literally because of how it makes me feel. And when I started associating this food makes me feel energized and good, this food makes me feel tired and bloated and slow and groggy, it makes it way easier to make conscious food choices that are going to serve you. The same way sometimes I consciously choose, I'm like, no, I need the burger. 
Like it's been a day. I need the burger. Like you guys, if you know my story, when I got off that airplane, I was literally on a plane, you guys. It was so insane. Like this animalistic need for red meat. And I was on the plane and I was like, no, I like erupted like an animal. And I was like, like I need this burger. And I was like, okay, clearly my body needs some red meat right now. That wasn't like a weird craving. That wasn't something that was an emotional need. It was, no, my body literally is telling me you need red meat and you need it now. So I went and got the burger. Didn't gain weight, didn't get fat, didn't punish myself by going and making myself work out because I ate a burger. I needed red meat. So I ate the freaking red meat. And this is where when you start to learn intuitive eating, like you learn to tune into your body and listen to it. Not the like, oh, sugar's right there. So I need it. That's different. Versus like, oh, I feel like my body's really needing, like I just said, with the red burger, like the red burger, the red meat, like my body needed it. And so I ate, I ate it and it was perfect and it was good. And so it's starting to be able to tune into your own body and what it really needs. And the only way for me to truly learn that was dropping all restriction. So no diets, no restrictions, no meal plans, no nothing. I learned the fundamentals and the basics around nutrition. So things like macronutrients, like what's a protein, what's a carb, what's a fat, learning what those foods were so that I knew how to pair them together and how they best served my body and then playing with it. Like recently what I found is I am way more energized if I eat high protein, high fat in the morning and I don't put really many carbs until later in the day. So for example, like I'll drink a protein shake in the morning or I'll have like three or four eggs with half an avocado. Um, a banana is the only, so like the only carbs I'm eating are fruit. So they're super quick digesting carbohydrates. This is not something that's like a meal plan or a diet plan. I feel better. I'm not doing this for fat loss. I literally feel more energized. I don't feel groggy. I don't feel tired if I eat like this. And then I have my heavier carbs at night because that's when I get sleepy anyway. So I'm like, I don't always do this, but I notice when I'm at home, this has kind of become my routine and I feel really good doing it. Just like for a long time, because I had the freedom to eat bread again, I ate bread every single day because I needed to show myself, you don't have to restrict this food that you love. You can have it. What I've noticed now, and I don't know if this is an age thing or life is changing or what is happening, but I've noticed with bread, I feel tired. I feel bloated. I don't feel as energized, even with sourdough, even with um, sprouted grain, like even with the best of the best types of bread, I notice my energy levels aren't as good. I get bloated and I don't think gluten really serves me that well. So I'm mindful of that. Doesn't mean I don't have it. Like the other night I was at dinner and the freaking bread was so good. I ate a whole bunch of it. I'm enjoying it. Food is meant to be enjoyed. Sometimes you need to enjoy the bread, right? Like it's, it's food is meant to be indulged in and enjoyed. But what happens is you learn how to just nourish your body that works for you. And then when you're at a dinner with friends or you're like on a date and you want to enjoy the food and you're at like a really good restaurant, you don't deprive yourself. You enjoy it. Um, the difference now I feel like is we're eating out all the time. So you need to be mindful and pick your battles. Like, are you always going to eat shit if you're eating out every day? No, you need to pick that some days you're going to eat a more nourishing meal when you order out, even if you are eating out and then enjoy the bed when you really want the freaking bread. Does that make sense? Okay. So dropping all diets and starting to understand nutrition, this means patience, patience with yourself. I don't, I want you to get rid of a scale too. Like if this is you and you're truly struggling with this, the scale has to go, measurements have to go, body pictures have to go, all of it. I had to drop because I was obviously in competition season when I noticed all this and then I was like, okay, I need to like fix my life. Um, I had to stop measuring. I had to stop weighing. I had to stop measuring food. I had to stop weighing food, myself and food. Um, you guys, I used to 
measure every macronutrient on a scale. Everything was pre-measured. One time I had this episode, my dad ate one of my um, pre-made meals and I honestly almost committed like, I don't know if I can say this, we're going to like get it, get it linked, but you know what I mean? Like I was ready to like kill from that. Like I literally turned into again an animalistic of like, you ate my like pre-measured food. Like how could you do that? Like freaking out on him like a psycho. And because I pre-measured my food and I needed that meal because it was perfect amounts. And I'm like, literally, you guys, that's insane. (laughs) Like, that's actually insane. I'm just thinking about it. And like, you psychopath, it was a meal. But I was so awful because I, yeah, I pre-measured all my food anyways. So I had to drop measuring myself, measuring food measuring everything so that I could just learn to be and listen to my body and trust my body. I also had to stop punishing myself with workouts. So if I went and I overate and I went on a binge cycle the night before, I used to be like, oh, I can counteract it by doing an hour of cardio and I'm going to do weights for three hours. And then like, I'll burn the calories I just ate. And I used to calculate exactly how many calories I overate from that meal that I binged on. And then I would be like, okay, so I need to burn this much to make sure I don't get fat tomorrow. Like this was in every, this was my life, you guys. This is how I lived. It was insane. Where now I'm like, I haven't really, like sometimes I look at calories because again, right now I'm in a season of like, you know what? I think I feel better with more protein. So I'm finally at a position where I'm not doing it for weight loss. I'm just starting to try to like figure out the science of my body, my own body of how I feel best. And when I went really low protein and pretty vegan, I felt really weak, really loose. My skin felt loose. My body felt loose. And so now I'm like, you know what? I think I actually thrive with more protein. So I'm like back adding a bunch of protein into my life and I'm feeling really good, really energized. And I'm noticing like I don't have as many cravings for carbs or like unhealthy foods. I still like sugar at night, but like I'm noticing it's shifting by making sure I'm having enough protein. So just something to consider. And this is where you get to play with yourself. Um, But yeah, so dropping, literally dropping everything, no measuring, no weighing, no specific meal plan, just starting to learn your body. But the only way you can do that, I need to say this, is you need to understand the basics of nutrition. You can't just like, oh, I'm feeling like KFC today. So I'm intuitively listening. Tonight I'm feeling like McDonald's. I'm intuitively listening. Like, no, we're talking about true nutrition understanding and then feeding your body what it needs based on your basics of understanding around nutrition. So that's where it's like, you still need to do, you need to teach yourself. Like for so long, I thought it was outside of me. And yes, I did. I took courses. I got certified nutrition. I learned all these things, but now it's like applying it to myself, which is individual. Even when I used to do full-time meal planning, it was all individual. I never gave a cookie cutter plan to anybody because everybody's body was different and I went off what they typically wanted. So some people came to me and they're like, I could see based on like a week log, they they really like fat. So I trusted that like they need, probably need a lot of fats in their diet versus someone who's like (laughs) always drawn to carbs might need a higher carb diet. And it's funny because I used to think like I need lots of carbs and I process carbs really well and I do, but I've noticed energy wise, I feel better when I eat my denser, heavier carbs at night. So for example, like today, I'm probably going to make eggs and avocado. I'd already had like a protein shake with like 40 grams of protein in it. I had that for breakfast. I haven't really been hungry yet. I've eaten two bananas, I think. 
And then I'm going to go probably make four eggs and half an avocado. And then I honestly might be full until dinner. And oh, I ate a bar. I ate a date bar with nuts. So it's like a lar bar. Anyways, so again, like those are my carbs. Like they're quick digesting carbs. They're not heavy. So heavy for me is like rice, bread, sweet potatoes, things like that. I just feel a little more tired after. So I'm playing again right now and putting those in at night. Anyways, I'm giving you a lot of details when really we're supposed to be talking about binge eating. However, I feel like this is helpful because if you're still in a season where you want to control it all, it's slowly letting go of the control and realizing your body might change. So in this season of letting go of control, your body might change. But what I had to do for that was I literally, you guys, I stopped looking in the mirror. And this is something that I've seen it and I watch people. The obsession with staring at themselves. If you're obsessed with staring at yourself, like there's something deeper going on. You shouldn't want to like there's there's a difference of avoiding yourself because you think you look disgusting and so you won't look in a mirror versus I was obsessive and nitpicking every single part of my body. So I had to drop looking in a mirror. So what that looked like when I was going through the binge eating and the body dysmorphia and I was competing and I thought I was super fat, even though I was the lowest weight I'd ever been. Um, and I was nitpicking and not feeling good enough because I was like, I don't look like these fitness models, even though when I went to the LA Fit Expo for my first time, I went, these chicks look just like me. They just have angles, lighting, different pants. And they probably use Photoshop because I was like, I'm standing beside some of the biggest fitness people at the time. And I was like, our bodies are the same. And I'm sitting here thinking I look like shit. I'm not lean enough. I don't have enough muscle. And I literally look the same. I just didn't know. I was naive. I didn't know there was editing apps. I didn't know there was Photoshop. I didn't know about lighting. I didn't know about angles. I didn't know about any of that. I'd never done fitness photo shoots or anything like that back then. So it was like, oh, here I am like hating myself and hating my body And all these girls are doing like, yes, bodies look great, but it's angles and it's lighting and their butts are not as big as I thought they were. And obviously this is before everyone was getting fake butts, right? Like 10 years ago, not everyone had the Kim K fake butt thing happening and like injections and stuff. This was like real glute growth. And back then I was like, oh my God, my glutes are not big enough and blah, blah, blah. And my butt was great back then, honestly. Um, Anyways, and so I had had to look at that and go, huh, like here I am hating myself when Literally, it's just lighting and angles. So what I had to do was I had to stop looking in the mirror because every time I looked in the mirror, it would send me into this like awful cycle of hating myself, tearing myself down, not feeling good enough, being put in a miserable mood for the entire day, being awful to everybody around me, not feeling worthy, tearing myself down. And so I had to stop looking in the mirror. And what that looked like was I would shower and I would throw a robe on immediately. When I put lotion on, I wouldn't look in the mirror. I'm not kidding. I've actually noticed it lately, like for the first couple times I'm looking in a mirror again and I'm able to do it. I still see imperfection. I still see things that maybe I would want to change or improve, but I'm not hating myself for them. I'm just like, oh, your stomach looks different. Oh, I can see your C-section scar. Like I'm observing without hating myself and tearing myself down. So that has made a huge difference in my life. But if you're in that season right now where every time you look in a mirror, sorry, my nose keeps running, where every time you look in a mirror, you're nitpicking, stop looking in a mirror. Throw in a robe. And especially if you're obsessed with yourself and your body, throw in a robe and don't look in a mirror. The next thing I had to do is every time that I would start saying negative things to myself, I had a, I would wear a um, thing on my wrist, what's it called? Like a hair tie. And I would snap it or I would pinch myself. 
So just to bring awareness to like, you're doing it again. And I'd be like, oh shit, I am. And then eventually once I, I brought awareness to that, then you can reframe those thoughts. Um, and if you're not there yet to even say anything nice about yourself, that's okay. I've been there too. Just know that I feel like with time, you'll be able to start to say things that you love. And so what I had to do in that phase of my life was I didn't make it about my body usually. It would be like, okay, I hate my, I don't have abs and my arms are not strong enough and I don't have shoulders and my butt's not big enough, like all the thoughts or I'm ugly and this and that, whatever. And so I would have to go pinch, snap, whatever I had to do and go, okay, but you have beautiful eyes or like, but you do love your eyebrows or like you do love your lips or you like your nose or whatever. I like my earlobe. It doesn't matter. It could be like, but you're such a caring person, but um, you're so loving. Like you're so talented at what you do or um, you're so generous or whatever the thing is, like replace it with something positive. So if this means right now, you need to sit there and be like, okay, what are all, you don't even need to write down the mean things you say about yourself. But if you were to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to write down, I feel like one of the kids is coming. If you were to sit there and write down, what are all the things that you love about yourself? Even if that's hard to do right now, think of anything. It could be like my eyelashes, my nose, my earrings or ears, like my eyebrows, my hair color, my collarbone. Like I'm just looking in at this camera. So I'm like, what do I like? Um, what can I see? It could be like my hands. I don't care what it is. You just need to start noticing things that you can, you can say that you like about yourself. And in the beginning when I hated myself, this was deeper than just my body. You guys, I hated so much about myself. You need to be quiet because I can't pause it. Just go lay right there, please. Okay. I'll help you. Can you go lay down there? Thank you. Um, So even if you can't find a lot of things that you love about yourself, just start writing down anything that you can. Because I know for me, when I hated myself, it was not easy. And I hated myself for more than just, like, it wasn't really about the body, you know? Like, I hated my body and I hated myself for other things. And as I've gone on my healing journey, I've realized, like, at that time in my life, I had come out of a season, whoa, I'm just realizing this, of severe self-abandonment like severe. I, I need to close my door so that I can really say this. Wow. I'm realizing something. One second. I'm going to close this door. Um, okay. So in this season, you guys, when I really noticed this and all of this started to show up for me, I, so this was just on a call earlier. We were talking about being a chameleon. And I used to think this was one of my like greatest skill sets that I'm like, oh, I can like be a chameleon and fit in with anybody. But in the process of being able to fit in with anybody, who are you abandoning? Who are you not being honest and truthful to? Yourself. So even though I can go be in literally any group, I don't care like the culture, the type of people, I can make myself merge and blend into whoever this group of people is. And I used to think this was such a strong skill set and it can serve you. But through learning, it's like, it's actually typically a trauma response. It's, it's a hyper awareness or like, I don't even know what the right term would be because my dogs are barking and there's noise everywhere now. But it's like the awareness that you have to, it's like a hyper vigilance on being able to adapt to your surroundings in order to not 
lead to more chaos or anger or different reactions that come from, it could be your caregivers, it could be your life. So let's think you have a crazy chaotic life. You're, one of your parents is like addicted to drugs or substances or whatever. And you know, you have to be so hyper aware of what state they're in for your own safety, for your own love, for your own needs to be met. You become really good at being aware of everybody outside of you and then adjusting yourself to fit to not create a reaction out of other people. So I was really good at this. And um, in this season where the binge eating showed up for me majorly was I had, I was in like a five, six year toxic relationship. Then I went and dated somebody new because I was like, you know what? Maybe I like, maybe my type is not good for me. Maybe I don't know what's best for me. Let's just like try something different. I was in a season with all these people. We were drinking literally all the time. It started on weekends and we were drinking every single day. I started smoking, which I don't do. And I'm like, I've never liked, but I started smoking, which was super weird. But the people around me at the time were smoking. And so I was self-abandoning myself in so many different ways and circumstances. And I wasn't willing to feel all of the hurt, all of the heartbreak, all of the everything. Like it was, it was years of emotions that had been bottled up and self-betrayal and like being betrayed and being hurt and being taken advantage of and all of these things. But the real thing that I've noticed now is like, sure, all these other people did that to me, but honestly, I did it to myself because had I had self-respect, had I had boundaries, had I had self-worth, nobody could have ever treated me like that. So the only person I could really be mad at when I realized all this was myself. I'm the one who created that. I'm the one who allowed these people to treat me like this because I didn't have the boundaries, the self-worth, the the knowing to not put up with that. So I adapted myself to fit in with these people that probably didn't even deserve to be around me in the first place. But because I didn't have self-worth, I allowed it. I allowed people to treat me like garbage. And because of that belief about myself, I allowed those people into my life and I created that exact circumstance to show me all of that. So honestly, I don't blame any of them, like any of the ex-partners, any of the people, like they were going through their own stuff, but I needed that on my own journey. And it led to so much of my healing because it brought me to a point where when it got so bad, I went, I'm out. And in that moment, I chose myself. That's huge. Like for you to get to a point where you're pushed so hard, I love how every time this comes back to relationships, but it really does. Like so much of our relationships leads to other things in our life. And of course it's 111. Um, It could be like what your relationship with food, your relationship with your business or like what you believe about yourself. You guys, like if you don't have self-worth, how are you going to live an abundant life? How are you going to have a successful business? You can't. Like if you don't believe you're worthy, you're going to hold yourself back in those areas of your life. Your health is not going to be optimal. Your relationships are not going to be optimal your, did I say health relationships? Your business is not going to be optimal. Like it all links together, all of it. And so what I had to realize in that moment, when I had all the binge eating showing up, I was out of control. I felt out of control. I wasn't willing. I had so much happening in my body and emotions that I didn't deal with that were all bubbling to the surface. They were like, deal with this now. And I was like, no, like showing food to my mouth because I'm like, uh, like I'm feeling out of control and all these emotions are coming up. And back then you guys, I was the hard girl. I was the girl that didn't cry. Nothing fazed me. I could have watched the craziest shit happen in front of my eyes and I would not blink. Like someone could be getting hurt and I'm like, "Mm, they deserve it. Like I was so cold and hard, you guys at that season of my life. So imagine how long I wasn't feeling for. 
the only times I would feel is when I'd get blackout drunk. And I used to choose to get blackout drunk because the only time that I would let go of control, it was the only time. So when I would go get blackout drunk, it was like, finally, I feel free to feel what's going on. I would scream sometimes. I would fight. I remember this one time. I don't know how we're on alcohol now, but this just phase in my life. And I actually want to do an episode about alcohol. Um, But I remember I got so drunk because I wasn't willing to say what I was feeling when I knew my boyfriend at the time, he left my house and my party. I'm pretty sure to go cheat on me with somebody. Okay. And I wasn't, I knew what was going on, but I didn't know if I could really listen to my intuition. I was too young. I didn't know if I was overreacting. It was my first relationship, like real relationship. So I didn't know if I was like being extra, like being annoying or any of those things. Right. You know, when you question yourself because you're not really sure of yourself yet. And I remember I knew that's what was going on, but instead of saying it to him and instead of fighting with him, because he, I'm getting angry now. I want to call him like a, all these names, but because he was too much of a little bitch to actually face me, he left, wouldn't handle it. And so what did I do? I drank an entire two six of crown Royal. I got absolutely wasted and my dad must've been there or something. Anyways, I remember being at the toilet, the sickest I've ever been from alcohol. Ah, like one of the three times. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs screaming, fighting, like, oh my God, it's going to make me cry. And my dad was trying to just like handle me. I must've been like 18, 16, 18. He was just trying to handle the situation of like, can you imagine now as a parent? I'm like, if my kids were doing this, like this is insane. But I would drink because it allowed those emotions out of me. Those allow- those emotions were in me. I was feeling rage. I was feeling angry. I wanted to fight. I was mad. I was being taken advantage of. I was hurt. And so when I would drink, it allowed me to actually release that. Those were all real emotions. Those were all in there, pent up that needed to come out. And drinking alcohol was one of the only things at that time when I was like the hard girl that was totally good all the time. Nothing can hurt me. I'm good. Do whatever you want. You know, alcohol was one of the only things that allowed me to actually feel and release. So I'm also grateful for that experience. Like I learned so much. Anyways, okay. So in that phase of my life, when I went to binge eating, you guys, there was a lot of shit going on. And then when I went into my fitness competitions and stuff, I think it was to regain control because my life felt so out of control at the time. I was like, if I just do this and I build this, I want lip gloss. (laughs) So random. Um, If I just do this, I can regain control of my life and it can become obsessive. However, it served a really, really positive purpose. Because I went from drinking alcohol all of the time, like partying, doing all the shit that wasn't good for me, to I'm going to work out twice a day. I'm scheduling my life around my workouts. I'm eating well. I'm prioritizing my health. I'm prioritizing my nutrition. And I got so, um, I did become obsessed, but in a good way. Like I needed that season to take me out of the freaking shit storm that I was in. And so I got obsessed with it, but it served a purpose. And like, now that I've had that obsession, I know how to do this in a healthy way. But at the time, like now looking back, I'm like, there was a lot of behaviors that weren't healthy, but it was healthier than getting drunk every single day, forgetting my life. It was better for me to move into that and like, forget about my life through exercise and food, like eating well and like prioritizing that and making it my life than choosing alcohol and partying. Right. So it's like, it was slowly moving me out of the situations that were not serving me. So I just want to say, again, all of that to say this 40 minutes was for you to start reflecting on like what pulls you into 
those bursts of using food. Okay. And the emotions that you're feeling. Um, so I said that I stopped, oh yeah, stopped working out to punish myself. I'm just from burnt calories. And yeah. So anyways, just when I felt like shit, I often wanted to punish myself with food. And when I feel good, I often want to nourish my body with food. So just as like a last thing to remember, most of the time when you are choosing to self-punish or you're choosing shitty food, what's going on in your life? Do you feel like shit? Is there shit happening around you? Is it the people around you? Or is it really you? Because that's something too for me. I had to realize like with certain people, we want to eat garbage. It's like a habit. So sometimes you need to break those relationships and maybe not eat with those people as much until you can like come into your own and find out who you really are and then stand firm in what you want to do. And for some of you, that's your family. For some of you, that's your partner. That one's a hard one (laughs) when it's your partner and that you're wanting to get healthy. And this is also another really confronting thing in relationships from all the times that I worked with people in nutrition. The amount of people who are like, I'm trying to get healthy and my partner's not supporting me. My partner's not getting on board. My partner won't eat what I'm eating. He only wants to eat shit. I get it. You can't force someone into health. However, you guys prioritizing this together is really important. And if they're not on board yet, then you need to choose yourself. Because if you continue to eat garbage for them, to appease them, you're only going to build resentment. And resentment can crush your relationship. So it's like you need to be willing to stand up for what you want and take care of you. The only person that you can prioritize and take care of, yes, you can try to prioritize your marriage and your relationship and people and all the things, your kids, but like the most important thing is to prioritize you. And for a while that felt selfish. There's a lot of programming out there that makes you feel like that's not the most beneficial thing and it's not the most important thing, but I promise you it is. Because when you take care of yourself, like even me right now, these last couple of days after being on vacation and being away, My kids have been on their iPads a lot, but it's like, I was feeling so chaotic that I was like, okay, what do I need to do for me? I need to do like a self-care day. I took a long bath. I took, I did all this body care routine. I did a long skincare routine. I went to bed early. I needed to read. I needed to like recenter myself. And now I feel ready to like actually mom them. But in that day, I had to prioritize myself over them because I knew I was feeling I was going to be snappy. I was not going to be the best mom because I needed to prioritize some time for myself. Just like right now, they're both on iPads so that I can do this. I needed to get this done because I'm like, I was feeling overwhelmed through the things. You can probably hear his iPad this whole time. If you hear screaming and all the things, it's his iPad. Maddox, can you turn it down, baby, please? Maddox, Maddox, can you just turn it down a little bit? I'm almost done. Thank you. Um, Anyways, yeah, I needed to prioritize myself. And so if you are in a situation, your relationship, anything, the most important thing you can do, I'm not saying put yourself above everybody else. That's not what I'm saying. But you do need to prioritize your needs that maybe you're pushing to the side because eventually it's going to catch up to you. So it doesn't mean every single day you get to do everything you want. Like in a perfect day, there's so many different things I would do for myself. If I didn't have the kids with me, I can't do it all. But I know that if I don't do anything for myself, I'm going to feel resentful. I'm going to feel resentful of them. I'm going to get mad at myself. I don't feel good. And so that doesn't help anybody. So be willing to put yourself first. And in a relationship, when it comes to food, if you're wanting to get healthier and your partner is not on board, maybe you need to make your own meals for a bit. Maybe you need to have a conversation and just say like, hey, look, I care about my health. This matters to me. And so I'm going to be eating like this. And if you don't want to eat this way, like I know I normally make your food, but like, are you okay? like grabbing something on the way home because this is what I'm going to be cooking. 
you can do it in a really loving way. You can do it in a way of like, I desire to be healthier and I want to take care of myself and I feel better and it makes me feel like a better mom and blah, 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 blah. Great. And also, if you've been really unhealthy for a long time, that's confronting for your partner because now they're looking at themselves and going, oh shit, I don't feel healthy. Or like it makes them feel less than because they don't want to get healthier. They know, like you're just mirroring to them what they know they probably should be doing for themselves. And on another level, sometimes you guys, this I've seen this happen so many times, the woman starts caring about herself. She loses weight. She gets healthy. The man gets wildly insecure. And this is something that like, this is real life I've seen where when the woman was really heavy and she was overweight, he felt great. He felt secure. This is like a sick, twisted thing, but they felt like because she was heavier, they could keep her. And then when she lost weight, they were worried that because of how good she was looking, she was going to leave him or like somebody else was going to want her. She'd realize that he's not good enough for her when really it's like, it's never about the weight. Like there's deeper stuff going on there. Um, but I just need to say to you, like never disrespect yourself, abandon yourself in the name of a partnership. You should be able to be truly open and honest and you should be able to thrive and grow and evolve and become your best self in the relationship and together. And if they're not on the same page as you right away, that's okay. You don't need to like leave the relationship or break up or any of that. It's just like you can start that journey and hopefully they decide to come along or hopefully they're willing to support you in that. And if they're not, that's deeper behavior that like obviously needs to get looked at. So anyways, that is just what I was feeling today. I'm going to do an episode on alcohol. Um, I would just say if you're struggling with binge eating and body dysmorphia, just like you have to find ways to be kind to yourself. If taking pictures right now, this is just something else I notice, and you're like nitpicking and hating yourself, don't take body pictures. I had to stop. Um, don't stare at yourself in the mirror at the gym. Just go work out, put your headphones on, blinders on. Don't stare at yourself. Do the things that make you feel good and stop att- attaching everything you're doing to aesthetics. So even for me right now, I'm like, yoga is making me feel really good. I used to never do yoga because I was like, oh, it's not going to build my butt. Oh, it's not going to give me muscles. Oh, I'm not burning enough calories. I'm like, but it's literally making my body feel so good. And through that process, I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to reduce inflammation. I've actually noticed through doing yoga, um, I'm engaging my glutes better. So I'm like, it probably is going to give me a bigger butt in the long run because when I go to the gym, I can lift better. So just knowing that like you have to release the like craziness of um, calorie counting and like gym workouts and all that stuff and just start to focus on how it makes you feel. And if you gain weight in the, for a little bit of that process, it's okay. Just trust it's going to level out. It's going to even out when you're nourishing yourself. I remember what I was trying to say before. When I felt like shit, I wanted to eat like shit. Just notice like what else is going on in your life that makes you feel shitty right now. Maybe sit down and write a list. Like what's everything happening in your day-to-day in your life that makes you feel like shit about yourself? What are those things? Get crystal clear on what it is. And then you'll notice that like when you feel shitty, you usually want shitty food. Like think about it. The best thing after you drink a bunch of alcohol is greasy, shitty food. But you feel like shit. So you want shit and it does work. Like they counterbalance the shit, the shit loves the shit. But I'm like, energetically speaking too, it's the same thing. Like shit loves shit. So if you have a bunch of shitty people around you, they want you to be shitty too, because you can all be shitty together. Where like when you have a lot of good people around you and nourishing food around you, it's like, we want to nourish each other and grow together and like thrive together. You all want to nourish each other. So just be mindful that like, start noticing when you're craving the really bad food, how do you feel? Like, did you just 
self-abuse yourself by drinking way too much alcohol? Maybe. I've done it. I'm not like immune to this, you guys. It's it's human life. Like we're all experiencing different things. Um, it's just, it's not so much avoiding it all. It's just bringing awareness because there's still going to be times where I'm like, okay, I drank too much. I had too many margaritas and I need fatty food. It's okay. It's just not living in that every single day, you know? So just be mindful, okay? I hope this was helpful. Um, yeah, this is getting long, but I hope that was helpful. I wanted to give a little talk about like health. This is a little bit about self-love, just awareness of yourself. And um, I'm going to do an episode on alcohol because that is a whole journey that I think is pretty unreal and powerful. I'm like, if my child stays quiet long enough, I might do it right now. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. If you could leave a review or share this episode if it was helpful or share it with somebody who you know this would benefit, um, please do. Thanks for being here. I love you guys. I'm so glad I recorded an episode. This hasn't been easy to get them done. And I'm like, but even that is a lesson in itself. Like I could have been like, oh, but the kids are on blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I just did it. You just did it anyway. It's not going to be perfect. But it is what it is. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. I love Fizz. Goodbye. Okay,